welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. We have no jokes and news today, so pure shenanigans will ensue. I, I feel like that's only fitting, considering what, 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 what we're, we're covering. covering this week. Yeah, so we are covering Konosuba Season 1, and this is a Mandela effect for me, I feel like. Oh? Because every time we bring up covering this, I swear we already have. Yeah, it's so... It's so weird. She and I have both talked about the show a lot, and yet at the same time, we always forget that mm-hmm. we've talked about it. Yeah, I think what it happened was we both individually watched seasons one and two, and then you went and saw the movie in like theater, or like you got it as soon as it released. Yeah, as soon and as, as it released on Crunchy. That. Yeah, yeah, and we talked about that on the podcast, and I think that's what happened. Like just in us. Talking about, oh, what have you been watching recently? I think it was just that you brought up that you had seen the film. Yeah, because as soon as Crunchy got the film, I was like, fuck yeah, I've been waiting on this forever. Yeah, but I I honestly, like, it makes me look back on our spreadsheet to be like, no, I swear we've covered this before, but we haven't. We really no, haven't. No, no, we have not. So this is, uh, I mean, what what's the tagline of the show? God's blessing on this podcast? I feel like that's the... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's gonna be the tag. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I had to, I had to tweak it to suit our needs. Yes, yeah, but um, last week was just a shit show. Uh, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, I, we barely actually talked about the show that we were covering. We just rambled on for hours and hours, but you know, it was fun. This but week, it, I feel like that's what most people end up enjoying out of this anyway. I have had a lot of. People say, we came for the anime, we've stayed for the shenanigans. So Yeah, I, I feel know. like this podcast is purely 99% shenanigans, 1% anime. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hey, you know, the sprinkles on ice cream is like the most appealing part anyway, but then you get into the ice cream and it's like, yes, this is what I came for. Ooh, waffle cones with rainbow sprinkles? See, I'm, I'm not a cone person, if no. I'm going to be honest. <sighs> I, like I, I gotta cones. have a cup. I don't like the um wafer cones Mm -hmm. so much i mean they're like nostalgia you know whenever i have one i'm like oh yeah i definitely got this from an ice cream truck for 99p when i was like seven Mm -hmm. but you know oh that's one thing you americans don't well and canadians actually don't experience a flake a what so it's a cadbury chocolate bar and it's the same appeal as an arrow. You know how an arrow is just chocolate, except there's bubbles in it, which makes it different, so it's exciting. The the hell is an arrow? Okay, great. You don't have those either. Um, <laughs> no. Okay, so are, an are arrow. Are you talking about like a nutty buddy or some shit? No. Like, what, what are you talking about? No, an about arrow here? is literally just plain milk chocolate, except it's been aerated when it's when it's cooling. Oh, so, so it's kind of like a Kit Kat. No, because there's no wafer in it. It's just literally plain chocolate with bubbles in it. That's it. Oh, so it's like a crunch bar? No, uh, it's... it's, That's the only American chocolate I can think of that has, like, the air bubbles in it would be a crunch bar. It's like, imagine, like, bread. (laughs) I mean, that is my nickname, so yes, I am imagining. Okay, so imagine bread, and it has a crust, Uh and then the bread bit is all bubbly. Mm-hmm. It's that, but just milk chocolate. Interesting. And a flake is the same appeal as literally just plain chocolate. No caramel, no biscuit, no nothing. Just chocolate. 
but instead of being a chocolate bar, it's a flake. So it's like a bunch of shards of chocolate slightly melted together to where they somewhat stick into a cylindrical type stick. The hell? When you look at it, it sort of resembles bark, right? So it's like, you know, the shreddy, like cedar bark. Uh Uh-huh, bow, wolf, uh uh-huh. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, (laughs) But like in, in Britain, when an ice cream van comes round and they're playing their little jingle of Pop Goes the Weasel or whatever... Uh-huh. And they pull over and they're selling ice cream. They'll normally ask you, white, pink or stripy, strawberry sauce, would you like a flake? Those are your questions. And for 99p, or at least that's how much it cost when I were a kiddo, probably inflated now, you could get a wafer cone with a swirl of white or pink or stripy soft serve ice cream. And then they would put a flake in it. And if you paid one ninety nine then you could get one that split off into two. So it's like a cone that then split off into two cones, you know? Uh, what? <laughs> so it's like, have you ever, you know those like pictures of, of birth defected rams and sheep and stuff where it's like one ram but it has two heads but they're kind of fused? Uh-huh. That but a cone. Now, hear me out on this. Okay. Would So it costs 99 pence yeah. for one. Yeah. Or one ninety nine pence for two. two for a split. Well, yeah. So why not get two? You save yourself a pence and you get more for less. Because then you have no hands. Okay. All I'm hearing is double fisting ice cream and just having more ice cream for your buck for less money. You do that 99 times, you get a whole ice cream free. Uh, Why you don't do two individual ones is because you're seven and they're parked outside your primary school and then the primary school calls a council on them because they're selling primary school kids unhealthy food and then they have to park further down the street, which is an actual story that happened in my childhood. (laughs) That's a thing. That happened when I was in about year four in primary uh-huh. school. Yeah. There was this lovely lady. She was from the north. I don't remember her name, but she talked like this. And she used to say, hello, dear, white, pink or stripy, strawberry sauce. And she used to say it like that literally every single time you got to get ice cream. And it made us laugh so much that it has become colloquial slang within my family. And now whenever we have ice cream or anything where we have options... It's like, would you like A or B? Instead of saying that, we ask white, pink or stripy, strawberry sauce. And it's just become a thing in my family because of this lovely lady who'd ask that every single time that we went to go get ice cream after school. Oh my god, that is glorious. Also, please keep that accent for the rest of this episode, please and thank you. All of the northerners will shoot me. It will not be a great time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think... If I can remember correctly, around the same time that she was bunked off down the street, the school had come up with like a munchy Monday, fruity Friday kind of thing, where during playground time at like lunch or or during like the first, what do you call them, recess out here, it's Uh recess, they had like fruit and vegetable stands and you would take your pocket money or whatever money your parents would give you and you would go out to the stand and buy like healthy snacks munchy monday it was normally vegetables fruity Mm -hmm. friday was obviously more vegetables no i'm just kidding fruit (laughs) um and 
And so I think around the same time that they came up with that concept, they called the council on the ice cream lady. <laughs> so if you ask me, it's a conspiracy theory for the school to get more pocket money from children. That's that's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So whilst we are on this topic of ice cream trucks and things along those lines. Yeah. So did y'all have the ice cream truck come by? I don't know if y'all would have had this in the UK, but you might have had it in Canada. Mm-hmm. Where they had the, like, ice cream bars, and it's, like, different characters, like the Spongebob ice cream bar and, like, other little shenanigans of things. No, funnily enough, I've never seen an ice cream van in Canada, but since moving to Toronto, I have heard one about three times. So, what I'm gonna need you to do (laughs) is I'm gonna need you to do a social experiment for the sake of the podcast. Okay. Go to the ice cream van, see if they sell bars of ice cream. If they do, or popsicles, whatever the fuck you want to call it. See if they have, like, see if they have character-shaped ones. Okay. And if they do, you should get one, just to see how deformed the things are. Do they melt? It's not that they melt, it's just, I don't think, you know it's like expectation versus reality, like you see McDonald's. Mm Mm-hmm commercials where a big mac just looks massive and huge and juicy and greasy and then you get it and it's just a box of fucking lettuce (laughs) yeah like buns yeah it's like that like you get a spongebob popsicle the thing looks like a million bucks on the wrapper and on the advertising and you pay like four or five dollars for this popsicle like they are screwing kids and therefore parents out of money for like how expensive these things are Mm mm-hmm And you open it up, and it's like Spongebob if he went on a heroin binge for like two weeks. (laughs) If you could just imagine the deformity that is that popsicle. It never looks like it's supposed to, at all. Nope. So, expectation versus reality on food. I'd I'd give it a zero out of ten. It's never a fun time. Yeah, no. Now, have you seen some of those behind-the-scenes videos of food photographers? Yes, and it is some of the most incredible stuff you'll ever see. The amount of stuff that they do. Like beer commercials, the way that they get the foam to sit on top of the beer as beautiful as they do. Yeah. like That's stuff that you would never think about, and yet it's so cool. Yeah, using like um, dry ice behind a cup of soup or coffee or something, and then getting Mm -hmm. the angle right so it makes it steam. Mm -hmm. Or like whenever they're doing burgers, they will only dress one side. Yeah. Like stuff's wild. Yeah. And yet that would be a really cool job. It's like the job that we talked about in Hollywood where people like get to munch things on a little platform to make sounds. Yeah. Like I want that job. Yeah. Oh, the advertising world, the marketing world. Who would have thought? There's also, isn't there a job of like a deodorant smeller where you just spend all day sniffing armpits? I mean, they had a contest here in the States of like a hundred grand a year and all your expenses paid to go live at a winery and learn how to taste wine. Oh. So I can believe it. I would have put in for that job if, you know, it wouldn't kill me. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to drink the wine when you taste it, but also it would be on your palate. I'm sure you probably, like, you can't have very much at all, so. I mean, I, I'm sure you could still get wasted doing a wine tasting. I'm sure that's still Oh yeah, a no, people do. Like, you're not so- like if you're a wine connoisseur, you're supposed to spit it out. But like when you're going to a wine tasting, who's going to spit it out, right? Like exactly. Also, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Who's spitting anything out right now? <laughs> that's what she said. Um, 
sorry. I'm pleased. That's yeah. being left in. Sorry, <laughs> children. <laughs> well, speaking of children, this one is PG-13, so... I'm calling I'm calling bullshit on that one. Honestly, there no yeah. Way. There is no way in hell. Oh my, especially the OVA episode. Oh my god. Yeah, I well that's the thing that I was curious about your opinion on this too. So Konosuba is rated a PG-13 according to my anime list. So, you know, I hope it's a reliable source, but you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Um <sighs> I don't think it's necessarily a 17A. I feel like there needs to be like a 15 plus. No, no. Just just because of episode 11. I'm going to go with 17A. Okay. Yeah. Just just because I feel like it's a little bit more warranted for that one than the others. Technically that's a that's an OVA though. So according to this it's literally only talking about the first 10 episodes. Also a PG-13. Bullshit. 100% bullshit. Also, I don't ever remember watching this OVA episode. I don't know about you, but I don't remember this. I do remember it, actually. I watched it. Oh. You may have watched it and barred it from your memory. I mean, it's possible. That's that's very possible. <laughs> because it is just uh, plot. The whole episode is just plot. With a few yes. jokes. A plot and then a couple jokes sprinkled in. But it's basically softcore by the time you're watching. I, I mean, pretty much. Considering it was basically Keijo. Yeah. With what Megamine and Union were doing to one another. Yeah. That was... It was basically Keijo. Yes. Uh, so yeah, both of our opinions, I think, on this show is if you are a parent... Take the parental guidance of the PG-13 very seriously. Yes, do not take it with a grain of salt. No. Do not. Yeah, this is incredibly sexual. From the opening scene of the first episode throughout, Mm -hmm. it is very much a a plot. It's a joke throughout. Konosuba is a parody-style anime based on isekai on the isekai genre so mm-hmm. it takes all of the like the, the the stereotypes of the isekai genre and it dials them up to 11 so yeah the the harem the the ditzy blonde style the like all of the running jokes that you can think of in isekai the things that you think of oh that's a very much isekai type thing or anime exaggeration you know Mm-mm. They include it in here very much so. So yes, parental guidance strongly recommended for this one if you are uh, letting a 13-year-old watch this. I would say, personally, probably keep it to 15 up if it were my opinion, but then I don't raise children, so yeah. <laughs> you see, I'm gonna agree with this. Like, as a parent, make your own decisions. I was five years old playing Alone in the Dark on the PlayStation 1 and got night terrors. Yeah. So everybody's different. However, just just be mindful of what you show your kids and let your kids do. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it is one of these things that like I mean we're both generations of the wild child internet. Like we had no structure or monitoring or anything on the internet. So me and my brother were playing. You know, I don't know. We're just free on the internet, playing whatever we wanted. Whatever video games came in the door, we were playing them under the age of ten. Uh-huh. Yeah, coolmathgames.com. I I see where you're going here. Yes. I, I, I see. 
you you're being responsible we, for all of the youngins that listen to this. A hundred percent. Yeah, we absolutely <laughs> were just staying on cool math games and dress up games for girls and and that's it. That's that's uh, I think we had an art attack game and a Toy Story game. I think I had Barbie Riding Club at one point as well. That's all we played, I promise. Oh my god! So let's let's be real here for a second. I had a Toy Story game. I did on too. the Nintendo sixty four, and PC. I loved it. I've been a PC gamer since day one, boy. Oh, look at you, so fancy! I didn't have my own PC I until didn't. I became a voice actor two years ago. I used it's the, the first time I've computer. ever owned a PC. It, no, 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 no. It, this is. I have a point to make. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh no, no, I don't have a point to make. No, yeah, I used I used the family computer, the old dinosaur. Whenever I could kick my brother off it as well. This is the thing. I am the younger sibling, so you know it was. Mom, he won't let he won't let me on the computer. He's been on there for five hours, and I want to get the computer. <laughs> That's how it went. <laughs> That's how it was for me. But a lot of the time I watched my brother play, I remember him playing, like, Red Alert and RuneScape and Diablo. Uh, and I would sit on the arm of the chair. We had this wooden kitchen chair that we had dragged up into the office, what we called the office. Um, it wasn't at all an office, but, you know, that's what we called it. And I would sit on the wooden arm of a wooden chair for hours watching my brother play Diablo, and then whenever his mana or his health would go down, because they were those two little, like, like crystal balls on either side of the screen, mm-hmm. and whenever they would drain, I'd be like, you need a mana potion, you need a health potion, and that was my sole job, because that's all I could be trusted with as a two and a half years younger than him. <laughs> you're, you're like the kid sibling that gets handed the controller that's not plugged in. To 100%. Like you're playing. <laughs> no, 100% that was me. So all of these people are like... Um, oh yeah, what was the first game you ever played? And I have to seriously think about it because I'm like, I didn't play until I was like 15 because I just <laughs> sat there and watched my brother play for so long. It's like the first game I probably seriously played was like Minecraft because all of the, the Pokemon, everything that we, I should have been playing at that time were either hand-me-downs for my brother and I couldn't delete his saves, so that meant that I couldn't save because he'd used up all the save files, so I just Mm -hmm. had to start the game and then just wherever I got was how far I got every single time. So, you go ahead. Or or I just would watch. That was it. It was like that... I I don't think I've ever gotten further in Pokemon Ruby than, like, I don't know, (laughs) half hour into the game? That's about it. Now, you see, I, I hear that. However, on the same token of things, though, so I have been in a situation to where, so my parents got separated and divorced whenever I was young. Mm-hmm. So I had a PlayStation 2 at both places. If I were so stupid to forget my memory card in one of those places, I was fucked until I could get my hands on that memory card. I remember having to stop playing a game and leave the PlayStation on. I would leave that thing on for like two weeks because I could not lose my save file because I did not have my memory card on me to be able to get it. Heaven forbid the power flickered or something happened that made me lose hours upon hours of space 
Like, I remember that was the most important thing I could take with me whenever I was packing up to go to either location, was to have my damn memory card with me. Yeah. My, how times have changed. I know. I know. The cloud, the the fucking, I don't know, having portable consoles that you could take with you like a Switch. Yeah. If I could, I would carry my PC tower with me wherever I would. <laughs> yeah, pocket PC tower. Uh, yes, please. So yeah. apparently, like, the Steam Deck is going to let you basically stream everything that's in your Steam library. Whoa. So, and that's including AAA titles, which means you don't have to wait on shitty ports to come to the Switch. No, you can play full versions of those games, not ported, no shenanigans, no bullshit. On a handheld console. Nice. Like, that is mind-boggling to nice. think where video game technology has come. Yeah. Even, I mean, yeah, even just since we've been alive. And I, I mean, that's, it. in the scope of video games, is and isn't a long period of time. Just technology in general progresses so much in a single year. Yeah. That the scope of video game enhancements... Still never cease to blow my mind, but at this point, I'm like, where the fuck can it go from here? Yeah. Which we could do, like, a whole spinoff podcast just talking about video games at this point. Honestly, yeah. And especially considering how insane things... How, how many thing, how many different devices now don't have to be different devices? Mm-hmm. Like, like, phones and tablets and notebooks and laptops and... PCs and they pretty much like I mean there's there's variance in like space and performance but there's not much else you know but I mean think about it though we you and I both have smartphones yeah you with your shitty non-iPhone and me with my iPhone hey (laughs) but so we are literally carrying around PCs in our pockets yeah that I remember rotary phones mate yeah. I remember dial-up. I remember fucking phones having to be stuck to the wall and you could literally only talk as far as the cord went. I remember phone voting. Yes, like for American Idol and shit? Yeah. I, I remember stuff like that. Yeah, like um, there's a, you know, Dancing with the Stars, is it, in the mm-hmm. States? It's, yeah. It's Strictly Come Dancing in the UK. And mm-hmm. I think that was the original. It's been on TV for years and years, but I know that... Uh, I know that Dancing with the Stars has also, but I think Strictly was first. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching that all the way leading up to Christmas, and every time there was an advert break, running to the kitchen (laughs) to dial on the phone, having to remember the number in my head. My favourite couple were mum being like, they cost a pound each vote, you can only vote, like, you only get one vote a week. (laughs) Like, that's it. That's all you get. And also vote. probably shouting through the house, George, get off the internet. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Well, he was, at that time, I think at that time, the the dinosaur was in the kitchen. Or like in the, oh. di- it was like a kitchen dining room, you know? Mm-hmm. But like UK houses are so small that the kitchen was a kitchen, laundry room, and a dining room, and also the way to the, out, to the back garden via two exits we had a back door and then patio doors and where the phone was and we had a fish tank and a bookcase it was all very crammed and very small uh yeah 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 uh. <laughs> and uh like honestly 
I my I live in a studio apartment now here in Toronto, and my fridge is like twice the size of my childhood fridge in the UK. Mm-hmm. Here in this this apartment, this was probably not even kidding you. My studio apartment now was probably the size of a dining room and kitchen in the UK for a a, a family house. I can believe it, though. Yeah. Because the UK's population per square kilometer is insane. Yeah. Especially in, like, bigger cities. Like, that is unreal. Yeah, well, and the houses, the buildings tend to be so much older as well. So, like, people didn't have, like, the... the, I mean, there are buildings that are, like, huge, like old farmhouses out in the country that are massive... But then buildings in towns and cities are just as old as those farmhouses, but they're, like, for working-class people from 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. So working-class people 200 years ago didn't get space. Well, not only that, but isn't the UK, like, really anal about, like, not being able to fuck with older buildings because they're historical landmarks? Yes, yes. So actually, that's that's one thing about our house is we had a um extended garage that had been attached to the house at some point i can't actually remember when but like it was it was a semi-detached house and at some point historically a extra bit had been added on for a i don't know whether it was a horse-drawn car or a really early car i don't know at some point something was built before Mm -hmm. land regulations were put in place my parents before we knew that we were going to emigrate Knew that we had to expand the house because it was a two-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bedroom house. Uh, and, of course, me and my brother are were quickly becoming very big people. We're not small people. so mm-hmm. And even if we were small people, they would get to a point where we couldn't share a room anymore. And then my brother was living in the attic, which there was a ladder to. It wasn't like he had a staircase, you know? Not exactly the safest. And it was like he was walking over beams. That kind of attic, you know? Oh, shit. Yeah, they're, they're not good. <laughs> no. It was, I mean, it worked fine. It was it was insulated and, and properly maintained. It just was a bit, you know, he loved it. He was a... It's not ideal. No. And he was a, a an early teenager, pre-teen, early teenager at that point. So he was like, this is really cool. I'm living in an attic. He loved it. <laughs> Safety-wise, not the best. Um, yeah. But, like, there was, like, there was nowhere else that we could stay. My parents had... The master, I was in one bedroom. The bedroom that I was born in, you couldn't put a single bed in and have a functioning door. It was either the door was open or the door was closed once you had a bed in it. It was that small. The hell? Yeah, so it worked fine for a crib when I was a toddler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, didn't work for adults. So then I moved into my brother's bedroom once he aged up. He moved into the attic. My parents, anyway, were looking at expanding over the garage. They're like, well, we have this extra bit. It could fit a mini in it, you know, couldn't fit a big car in it, but it could fit a mini. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, adding that extra room on would give us enough to have a another small bedroom. And and then we can convert the attic into something else. I don't know, but they they... Then they got builders round and they were like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Then they tried to get approval from the council and the historical society was like, no, sorry, cannot build above the garage. Can't do that. So then my parents were like, okay, well, can we build a staircase into the top floor to make the attic not have a, a like a pull down ladder? And they, cause we had a bit like, 
the hallway would have been a squeeze, but if you had a skinny staircase, it would have been fine. And they were like, no, sorry, you can't do that either. The You can't change the beamwork of the house and that you'd have to put supports in and stuff and that would change the integrity of the house and the, and the historical building structure. So I can't do that either. So, yeah. But, like, I don't know. It, it, we were going to have to move regardless. Then we got approval to move to Canada. So it worked out in the end. But, yeah. Is this the same asshole council that made the ice cream truck park down the road? You know, I don't know, because my school was technically in the neighbouring village. But I mm. don't know if the village council dealt with the ice cream truck or if the town council did, because the town... I don't know. I do know that it was a really stupid thing that they did that, though, because it was the only road to get to and from the school. Therefore, whether she parked directly outside of the school or further down the street, it didn't change the traffic of children because it was the only road to the school. No, no. If anything, it was encouraging children to get exercise by having to walk to get the ice cream and then therefore walk off the excess calories that they were consuming. But they would have had to walk home anyway. Nobody could get down that alley. It was called Water Lane because people used to wash their clothes in it. No cars... Well, I mean... Cars could fit down there. They parked on both sides of the street and then they'd always splash you as you go to school because it was always raining. But And it used to be a freaking river because they put a, they put a dam there and, and changed the path of the river and were like, yeah, it's fine now, despite the fact that flooding still happens. Thank you, Tudors, for changing the path of the freaking river. <clears throat> it's like, I can't even get mad at modern people. It's like, I don't know, 400 years ago that that happened? I don't know when Tudors were around. Don't. I, I've been out of England for a long time, okay? Historical people, attack! <laughs> I haven't done English history since I was nine or ten. Like, nine or ten, yeah. I don't, I don't see, know. See, I should be able to tell you this, but I did not give a shit about world history enough to be able to tell you that. I have a very strange historical memory, like, the knowledge basis, because I got Britain for quite a while and then i got oh we might do a little bit of europe and then we moved so then i got the crusader ship invaded you know that whole thing uh-huh but that's all wrong because what <laughs> they teach in schools is not what happened and then i took my canadian citizenship test and got a more realistic perspective <clears throat> and then i just have the internet throwing things at my brain so people are like oh yeah what did you think about stalin and i'm like i have no clue i missed that didn't get that section of history don't know a thing or how do you feel about napoleon also didn't ever cover that missed that section too skipped right over it i'm sure that was supposed to happen in the year that i missed what do you feel about the aztecs missed that too emigrated after you learned about the aztecs don't know anything about them except that they liked gold. That's about it. Uh, uh, how do you feel about anything other than Britain and North America? No clue. Sorry. Don't know. Funnily enough, we were taught about all of those things. Yeah. In like elementary school. Yeah. See, I missed elementary school, went straight into middle, and uh, and because primary school in the UK focuses mainly on like royals and First and Second World War and Britain stuff, and then in secondary modern and secondary school and stuff, then you start learning about other people. I got the the wrong way round. I got the wrong way round. I was going to say, excuse me, they're fucking teaching 
World War One and Two in primary school? Yeah, the they, fuck? well, they teach it from very, 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 very young in Europe as a preventative measure to stop anything like that happening again. So they start off when you're really young by having things like war days, where you would dress up as an evacuee, and instead of wearing your school uniform, you would wear like you know dresses that were. shorts and dresses that you would get in like thrift stores and stuff and it would be like a dress up day for school but you would have that and then you would come to school and then they would give you a cardboard box with a string attached to it that would have your gas mask in it obviously it didn't actually have a gas mask in it but that's what they said it would be and they put weights in it so it was about the same heaviness as a gas mask and then you would have identification cards and then you would all have a packed lunch that day and then you would all go on like a field trip to the local museum or something and you would they had sections of museums where they had it more kid friendly and then obviously more adult but i actually went to the the war exhibit in that one london museum i don't know the one where it's like really 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 violent where they show like everything and it's no no like withholding information And they Mm -hmm. had to send home a parental slip for a parent's to sign to be like, this is the content that your child is going to see. Because they were exposing us at a very young age to the realities of the First and Second World War. And they do it as a preventative measure all through Europe. So, yeah, I I was exposed to the wars very young. um, Because, like, like my granddad was an evacuee to Wales. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, like, there are still, I had, I haven't, in my house in the UK, I had an Anderson shelter in the back garden, like a bomb shelter in our garden that was built by the people that had lived in the house during the First and Second World Wars. Hmm. So it's so much more close to home out there. Like it's literally right in front of you. Like you're just walking down the street and you'll see tank bollards, like just there. It's like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's so a tank can't drive over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And they're just everywhere. They're just all over Europe. You're just walking down the street. And it's so normal that I feel like we're already so exposed to it that like it's not unusual for kids to to get a little bit more of a taste than, than you do out here in North America where they're a little bit more sheltered when it comes to the, the wars. Well, I mean, sheltered is a very loose term considering you're sheltered at a young age. Mm. But I know in high school... Like, any time we covered the World Wars, like, shit got serious, especially subjects like World War II and the Holocaust and all the tragedies that occurred during there. Mm-hmm. Like, we spent an entire week learning about the Holocaust in American history in my junior year. Mm-hmm. And, like, every day that week, our teacher would just break down. Mm-hmm. So, I I get it at a young age, because at a young age, it's hard to comprehend Things that would happen, I realize educating on it just to try to prevent stuff like that from happening, but at the same time, I still feel like that's a little bit young to be trying to, like, beat those sort of things into kids. I don't know. I mean, it was definitely more censored than than when you get older, because it is a topic that you revisit. It's not one that you just do, like, once in your education and then you leave it at that. If you take history later on, then you obviously go back over it again in more detail and from an adult's perspective. But they do absolutely show it to you from a kid's perspective. And they do it in ways like that is more playful. Like I said, it was a dress up day that we would go as evacuees and we would do like go on picnics and go on a train, a steam engine. And oh, speaking of which, I learned a new difference between America and Can- and, and Britain. Uh-huh. What do you call the blue train character? Thomas? T- 
Thomas the Train, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's Thomas the Tank Engine. I've heard that. Yeah. Like, that's not the first time I've heard that phrasing. Yeah, because he, he is a tank engine. This is another one of those things where I go, because he, he's British. So did the marketing directors think that American children wouldn't understand what a tank engine was and thus they changed it? Or did they think that parents wouldn't understand what a tank engine was and thus they changed it? Because I didn't understand what a tank engine was when I was a kid, but I put two and two together because he's a train. <coughs> you know? Mm-hmm. See, I'm not sure either. The most I can tell you is that Big Dumb, on like an American level perspective, mm. like everything is so dumbed down and simplified here. And especially from like a young like cartoon and even anime age, mm. Onigiri in Pokemon were called donuts. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, I understand not calling it Onigiri. That makes sense. But why not call them rice balls? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Step two, cigarettes being edited out of people's hands and shit like Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm -hmm. Big dumb. Three, guns being edited out of shows like Yu-Gi-Oh and whatnot. To where it's literally just finger guns. What's cool about that? You think in America they would edit more guns in? Right? Yeah. Like, everybody should have their own AK that they walk around. Everybody has a gun. You get a gun. AKs are Russian, aren't they? It wouldn't be a Russian yes. gun. It would be an American no, no, no. gun. It, it, no, no, it's fine. A AKs are totally okay, fine. Okay, they're the exception. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That's that's Russian anime. Everybody gets AK <laughs> and vodka. <laughs> uh, do you get frustrated, though, when you hear about cases of marketing, like, dumbing things down for Americans? Yes, because... Again, I I enjoy British culture. Yeah. I enjoy British comedians. And I enjoy British comedy in the fact that it's so much quicker. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost rapid-fire jokes. Mm -hmm. But then you see them do their same bits, like, here in the States, at, like, the Laugh Factory and whatnot. And it's not the same. No. It's like they know they have to slow it down and dumb it down for people to get it. And I'm like, why? Yeah, well, that is, like... North Americans, just in general, live slower-paced lives. There are exceptions, obviously, in, like, New York and other places where you're in a big city, people tend to move quicker. But it is just, it was a a thing that I experienced in culture shock when I was, when I first emigrated. It's something my whole fam family went through. But we talk a lot slower than we used to. We uh, have been told to slow down so many times. I got told off in school for finishing my work too quickly. I have, like, I I still find myself getting frustrated by people who just, like, walk slowly and move slowly. And and it's not, it's not that they're doing anything wrong. They're moving at the pace that the world around them is moving. It's that I have spent my fundamental years moving at a much faster pace. And it's, it's I don't know, it's just, like, the culture, it's just a cultural difference. Things are slower in North America. People are slower. The service is slower. Conversations are slower. Thought processes are slower. Everything is just slower. And it's normal out here for it to be that way. It is the speed at which everybody lives. So it's like you say, oh, I wasn't expecting it to take that long. And people just go, what do you mean? That's standard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas in, in Britain, where I grew up, it 
I feel like if somebody from North America went and lived there, they would have the culture shock of, wow, everything's rushing. And I feel like it would be quite anxiety inducing to be like, oh my God, I need a breather. Then how the fuck are we the entitled people that have Karens running around then? That makes no sense because you never see English people. Oh, there are plenty of English being Karens. Karens. There are plenty of English Karens. I think it's just that um, there's more of this British stiff, up, stiff upper lip type culture that we don't complain about it i guess so like if there is a karen you're less likely to see someone record it or report it or something like that because everyone around will just like watch from afar (laughs) memorize it and then bring it up next time they're in their friend group but they won't do anything about it it'll just happen you know what i mean it's the bystander effect yeah essentially yeah it's more of the well you know like that keep calm and carry on logo that was never actually used in like thing but like culture loved it but it was never actually i think it was a was it a war thing i think it might have been a war thing but it was never actually used it's just a cultural thing now that's very true for british people is that when shit hits the fan we just kind of just like silently accept it in general as a culture until said thing is over then when said thing is over we tell all our friends (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of our culture yeah whereas i feel like in america your culture is more I'm going to share it with everybody now while it's happening, as opposed to after the fact. YOLO. Yeah. Live in the moment. All that fun shit. Yeah. We grumble about it after. <sighs> oh, although we might curse under our breath in the general direction of said thing that is happening. Ah, you see, we different. We will curse loudly in whatever direction we feel like. I feel like there are people who curse loudly in the direction. <laughs> it's like, I fart in your general direction. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. There's our Monty Python quote of the day. Okay. Konosuba. Yeah, Konosuba. It was originally a novel series written by Natsume... Miku? Uh, Yes, Natsume Miku. (laughs) (laughs) Natsume Akasuki. Mm -hmm. The original run of these novels ran from December of 2012 until October of 2013 for a total of six of them. It's also a light novel series written by the same individual that ran from October of 2013 to May of 2020 for a total of 17 volumes. The anime series was directed by Takaomi Kanasaki. Mm-hmm. It was produced by Studio Dean, who has very famously done Fate Stay Night back in 06. The original run for the show was from January 14th of 2016. To March 16th of 2017, there are a total of 20 episodes, two OVAs, and a film that came out last year that is available on Crunchyroll. You can find both seasons, subbed, dubbed, film also subbed and dubbed on Crunchyroll. So if you would like to check it out, if the isekai genre is up your alley, go check it out there. Mm, Yes. Yeah, so like we said before, it is rated a PG-13. On my anime list, it is scored an 8.14 out of 10. On Anime Planet, it is a 4.11 out of 5, or an 8.22 out of 10. It has a dropped rate of 2.77%, so a pretty darn good drop rate. I mean, comparatively to other things that are on our list, yes. Yeah, that's... I mean... When comparing that to Jujutsu Kaisen, it it seems quite large, but considering our worst drop rate is over 20%, it is very, very good. It's a super solid drop rate. It's one that's actually fairly common to see 
in let me see what others what a comparison for that so we have my little monster with a 2.68 we have uh tokyo ghoul season one with a 2.31 we have food wars the final season with a 4.39 at 4.39 2.39 sorry um, what else is it to? We've got Haikyuu season one is a 2.09. We have Kaguyama, uh, Kaguya-sama Love is War season two with a 2.63. So in the two range are some really, really solid shows. I think that, um, a two is a very, very good score in, in the two percent range is a, is a very, very good score, especially considering where you see like, Late Back Camp and Doctor and, and Fruits Basket, the original version, are in the four percent range. And you've got Tonikawa and Kaguya's Summer Season 1 are in the 3% three range. Like, you've got some really decent animes that are, are well above this. This is a very good score for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But the Isekai genre is a very well-renowned genre in the anime world. And although this is a parody of that, I feel like that's why it has such a low drop rate is because it is... As I said, it is a parody. It is nothing but tropes of the isekai genre and trying to see almost kind of like what they could get away with. Mm -hmm. But because of that, it's become almost like a cult classic Mm -hmm. in the anime world and especially the isekai realm because it's not the most popular out of the bunch. Like that title is kind of held between Overlord, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, and ReZero. However... It is highly regarded enough to be included in Isekai Quartet, which is Overlord, ReZero, This, and Saga of Tanya the Evil. So it is almost, at least from the Japanese anime world, it is considered, like, top four. Yeah, well, the Isekai genre is a bit of a, uh, like, a Marmite genre. You either love it or you hate it. I feel like Mm -hmm. it has a lot of very controversial animes that are a part of the genre, uh, specifically Goblin, Sl- uh, Goblin Slayer and uh, Shield Hero are two mm-hmm. that I can think of right off the bat that are isekai genre that are um, have very controversial scenes in them and kind of scenes that are almost designed to be hot topics within the community so that people talk about them and create buzz. Um, like there's no way that they made either of those those scenes or those those plot points in either of those animes which if you want to know more about i recommend you doing your own research on them because they are both trigger warning scenes there's no way that they made those without knowing that there would be a lot of press surrounding them Mm -hmm. so funnily enough though like i don't remember goblin slayer even though that was the very first episode what you're talking about i don't remember that necessarily making headway the way that you would think it would i remember it making a lot of buzz but that might have just been within my circle because i remember like my friends specifically coming to me and being like oh my god did you watch this this is insane and i remember a couple of of youtubers talking about it but i don't know if it made press in like anime forums the same way i don't know my circles that i saw it did make a lot of a lot of press but yeah i feel like because of those types of animes where uh, where they are doing that for like the the buzz of it and the fact that the isekai genre is quite oversaturated at this point and that there isn't a whole lot of variation within the isekai genre i feel like pretty much every single isekai i can think of are very similar in the fact that well obviously in the main plot point it is one person that has been transported to another world but that other world 
vast majority of the time is a renaissance medieval type world where they have swords and magic and stuff. Whether that's being transported to a video game, or being transported because they died, or being tra- like, whatever, it's still that kind of- it's like basically RuneScape. They're transported to some variation of RuneScape, you know? Essentially. Yeah. And because of that, there's not a whole lot that story writers can do when the scenes are the same, the initial and most, like, integral parts are the same. So then you end up with things like In a New World with My Smartphone or whatever that one is, where it's like the phone is used once and then discarded and never thought of again, except that's the whole title of the entire anime, but hello, what? Or... Wise Man's Grandchild, where you have an incredibly OP main character. Or, you know, like this uh, Log Horizon and Grimgar of Ash and Fantasy are incredibly similar in their their styles. I feel like it's, it's very... Um, oh, what's that one that, that you love that I didn't watch past the second season where they put on the, the game helmets and then they can't... Oh, Sword Art? Yeah, kind of Sword Art vibes. You know, they go to a new world, but they're stuck in a video game kind of thing. It's like that. Mm. You know what I mean? And I feel like Sword Art was almost like the huge kickoff for that kind of genre. Yeah. In essence. Yeah. Or at least from the video game perspective. I know Isekai has been around for a really long time. However, I think SAO kind of kick-started the video game. Style of things. Side yeah. of things. Because I think you can kind of see similarities in Overlord and stuff like that. And I even feel like it has some sort of, you know, weight on things like ReZero. Mm-hmm. Whatnot, like the reach kind of extends out to those kind of areas. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like with everything being so oversaturated and a lot of plot lines already having been taken, it forced creators into, if they were going to make an isekai, doing things that were controversial because they had to stand out from the crowd some way or another. And a lot of them did so in extreme ways. I feel like that's a very common thing that you see throughout media a lot of the time. It's it's something that you see on, like, those old prank videos on YouTube, where it's like they were everyone was doing pranks, so the pranks got more and more and more and more extreme until people were, like, getting in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing, but just anime. So Konosuba, though, being kind of a ironic joking twist on that oversaturation kind of feels like a breath of fresh air whether or not you like isekai because whether or not you like isekai if you like anime you've heard of the oversaturation in the isekai genre and you have some kind of opinion on it so watching konosuba whether or not you like the isekai genre if you like the isekai genre it's like oh well this is different i enjoy this this is funny if you don't like isekai then it's kind of like you're almost in on the inside joke of it being a parody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can either appreciate it for the tropes or you can appreciate it in the isekai parody that it is. Because yes. it is still very much an isekai, but you can tell it's definitely more of a play on the genre. Yeah. Rather than a true, just straight isekai. Yeah. So, step one, you know how you could tell it's a play on the isekai genre? How? Episode one, there was no truck coon. No. There was tractor coon. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So let's chuck on spoiler chicken hats and we'll dive into this properly. Yeah, spoiler chicken hats. Throw them all. Yeah. So, Tractacoon. Uh, oh my Kazura. god. The most bizarre. I have seen a lot of isekai in my time. Like, a lot. This is the most bizarre way I think I've ever seen 
anyone die in an isekai or just anime in general yes yeah uh it was a well i mean it was it did exactly what it needed to do it was the first proper joke of the series to kick us right off we have kazuma um thinking that he's pushing a girl to safety because he sees the light glaring in his eyes just sees a silhouette of a big vehicle coming down the road and a girl on her phone he pushes her out of the way and does not get run over by this slow-moving tractor. He falls onto the ground, pees himself, they take him to the ER because he has fainted and he dies of shock. The, the doctors were even <laughs> laughing. It, that, his own parents were laughing it, <laughs> whenever they saw his body. Yeah, so... Also, so I'm 99% certain you watched this subbed, correct? Yes. The first time I watched this, I watched it subbed. And the couple times thereafter, I've watched it dubbed, including this time. One thing I noticed watching the dub this time that I didn't notice the last time, Mm -hmm. they gave the dub actors a lot of leeway with this. Oh, yeah. Now, we're not talking about, like, ghost stories level of freedom, like, nothing like that. But they still gave them a lot of freedom. And it was great. It was a blessing. If I would have thought about it, if I didn't start this today... (laughs) I would have messaged you and be like, hey, please watch this dubbed. I think you'll enjoy it more this go around. Just because they had so much freedom to kind of fuck around with the script a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was great. It, it was a blast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> blast. <laughs> uh, amazing. <laughs> Explosion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't know. That makes me really curious to watch, to watch the dub. I feel like. Certain animes do a very, very good a good job of translating jokes and slang and, you know, like, there's a, is that, what scene is there where there's, uh, I, I think it's in Fruits Basket, the, the remake, where there is a scene where they, I've seen it in a couple, in a couple things, but I think the one I'm specifically thinking of is in Fruits Basket, the remake, where there is a scene where one of the characters is taking a group photo and so says, one, two, three, smile or something. But to make it fit the, the, the mouth movements or something, it, because it wasn't, it was like one, two, three, smile. It was like, um, say pineapple, which in our language doesn't make a smiley face and, but in theirs it does, so the subs wouldn't have worked, you know? Mm-hmm. So they changed it to another thing and they made it rhyme, and I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, seeing things like that are always a good thing, like a good kind of play on it to kind of make it translate better. Yes, yeah, and I... But then, like I said, in this case, they were given, like, liberty, since a lot of the speaking isn't necessarily done on screen. Yes. They could do whatever they wanted to, just as long as it fit the timestamp. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's a really solid thing that that a uh, studio can do, is to give their voice actors free range. It's something that I really appreciate myself as a voice actor. I am working with someone right now who is giving me pretty much complete free range of the script. He's giving me a bit of an outline, and then I am going kind of nuts with it, which is very fun. I enjoy it a lot. And I, as a professional voice actor, like, there are times where I just, like, I, I don't, I don't take personal offense when they go, you know, not going to use this bit. Can you do just stick to the script for this bit because the other ones didn't work or whatever? Because I always, you know, you always record what's on the script and then you record some fun stuff as well. 
But sometimes you can get some real gems out of that when you're just sitting there, especially with my ADHD brain. Sometimes I come up with the weirdest shit. I do that just talking on the podcast now. So, so what? yeah, no. right? I know, right? So it's, I found that editors like it. I found that um, directors like it. And, and I found that I prefer it as a voice actor as well. So it's something that I really appreciate when I get to see, especially on the comedy parody side of things, because the off-the-cuff stuff tends to be some of the funniest stuff. So if you just let somebody have a bit of free reign in front of a microphone, you can end up with some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Him choosing Aqua as his component, his component, his companion, his extra little gift thing to enter his new life with. Fantastic. I love it. Yes. Because, I mean, what shut-in gamer geek does not immediately just go for Excalibur? Yeah. Like, that would have been the first thing I started looking there. All right, I'm going to defeat the Devil King. Fuck it. Give me the most powerful the most powerful sword ever forged in existence. Yeah. Just why not give me Excalibur? Yeah. And But no, he's like, you know what? You're making fun of me. You get to go with me instead. I'm going to take a literal goddess with me. But not just any goddess. The most useless goddess on the face of the planet. Yeah. And yet Aqua's great. Like, I love Aqua to death. She is a meme all on her own. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I could just watch an entire anime based on Aqua and her shenanigans. Oh, my God. Just of, like, when she was working as a laborer and doing her party tricks. Like, that would be fine. Yeah, it's just a day in the life of Aqua. Like, I could take an entire, like, 12-episode spinoff. Yeah, 100%. Like just a, give it to me. Yeah, a full-on um, slice of life, but Aqua. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my god, I would love that. Even, like, an episode of her being in the chamber, just sitting there staring at people eating potato chips and making fun of them as they come through. Yeah, like, just give me more of her in an alligator pond. Like, that's fine, too. I don't <laughs> So, one thing I will say, that scene, yeah, that scene is actually better dubbed than in the sub. Like, I think the dub made it that much better. Interesting. So, if if you're ever bored, I highly recommend going and watching this dub just for the shenanigans, because it is fantastic, especially that scene. Yeah. Well, it makes me very curious about the second season, because obviously both you and I have watched the second season. Haven't covered it here mm. yet, obviously, because we only recorded the first one. Um, what? <laughs> right? Yeah, record them out of order. But, but you still haven't seen the film yet, though, I have right? not. So it makes me curious, because I know that the second season is a step up on the parody of this first season. Believe it or not, if you haven't seen the second season, this first season is tame in comparison. And the film, I have heard, is even more so. So, uh, yes, I, I don't know if you have seen that one scene from like towards the end of the film. I don't know. I, I know it was a massive meme and I've run across it on TikTok a few times, especially here lately. I don't know how the fuck TikTok knows that we were covering it this week, but this scene has been thrown up in my face several times this week. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. It is... <laughs> It is so, it is a massive leap, like an Olympic long jump leap from the OVA of this season, if that tells you Uh, anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not PG-13. No, 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 no. What is the film? I swear if it's PG-13, I'm quitting this podcast. It is a PG-13. Fucking hell, that is lies and slander to the utmost degree. Yeah. 
It's they're all PG thirteen. Like we have said previously, um, watch anime before you show it to kids because ratings are unusual with anime. I found quite a few animes where I've been like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like Laid Back Camp was a PG thirteen. How is Konosuba and Laid Back Camp the same rating? I if you if I had no clue, like what those what these two shows were rated. And you sat down, you know, ratings cards in front of me, and I had to give them ratings. I would not get either of those correct no. at all. No. I would be like, Konosuba, R. Like, hardcore, R. Yeah. Laid back camp, I can almost see it's PG-13 rating, just for, you know, the slight plot, but no but no plot. I, I would have put it to the alcohol, because to me, the the because there's some bathhouse scenes is what we're referring to if you haven't caught last week's episode um there's some bathhouse scenes but they're so almost clinical in the way that it's just like people having a bath like there's it's so relaxing like there's no way whatsoever that anybody could get anything out of that like it is solely there just for resting and relaxing and as somebody that is six four i've never wanted to take a bath so much in my life yeah yeah it's like I mean, I don't see, legitimately, I don't see any difference between that and, like, a medical thing. Like, it's on that same level of so not sexual that it just isn't sexual. Like, it's not. It's... I literally look at it as if it's like watching a spa video. Yeah. On YouTube. Like, it is that level of relaxing. It's like listening to, like, rain on YouTube at night. It's that level of, you know... Like, there's nothing sexual about it no, at all. No, and I, so, to me, that is, because of the way that they do that, if you showed that to a kid, there is absolutely no way in a kid's mind that they would see that as sexual, right? So, it's, uh, to me, it's just like, oh, yeah, those those girls are also taking a bath like I take a bath. Like, that's it. That's the level of baths, you know? And so, for me, PG for that. There is a little bit of alcohol shown, but I didn't even consider that a thing until you brought it up last week that there was alcohol in it, and that that might mm. be why they get rated at PG-13. But I think it was actually listed for both of those reasons. Yeah. I think it was nudity, alcohol, and I don't think there's any swearing. No, there's no swearing. So I would put it at a straight PG if it was me, but I can understand how in North America maybe it would be a PG-13. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Again, like I said, I probably would have given it a PG, but again. It's debatable. That was Ratings debatable. don't make sense. This one, at least 17A. Oh, 100%. Like it's, especially as it goes along, it gets worse. Yeah. I would say for these, these 10 episodes of season one, if there was such thing as a 15 plus rating, I would give it that. Because I feel like as a 15-year-old, it's still PG-15 or whatever, like parental guidance. But like 15 or 16, I'd say, is fair. Because by then you were, you, like, you've had sex ed, that kind of stuff. Like, this is, it's, you're experiencing it. You're in the midst of it, right? At that age. Mm -hmm. I, the, the, uh, the OVA, 17 plus, 17A. Uh, yeah, one one hundred percent. Because, like we said earlier, it's basically softcore. <laughs> like, uh, yes. Um, I don't. Yeah, I genuinely don't see the difference between this and something like Keijo. Like the same level of of sexuality expressed here. Mm-hmm. Yes, one hundred percent. 
yeah. So just keep that in mind, like we've said before. Watch anime before you show it to children, because I don't get the rating system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is just weird. So, so weird. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. So transported to New World, they, since Kazuma chose Aqua, they have absolutely fuck all when it comes to equipment, gear, anything. They are so broke. Aqua, a goddess, has to ask a priest of a different sect for money, and he's like, you shouldn't be acting like you're a goddess. That's very bad. However, I'll give you money anyway, so y'all can join the guild. Yes. And, okay, serious question. If you were in a guild, Uh you would be a bard. It's not a question you don't get to choose. It is so, it is the unintentional nickname I have given you several times via text. That, that is true. Yeah, that is it is because of that. I think you've accidentally called me that on stream. I have. I have I have called you Bard several times because it doesn't autocorrect it because it's a word. So mm. when I type too fast it happens and you are then Bard. So but because of that, other than, you know, just because of that, what else is a purpose behind that classification. Huh? Or is that solely your reasoning for that classification? That and you were once a country singer. Okay, you're not wrong. No, I'm not. And you wish to be a voice actor, so do I need to continue? You are a voice actor. You do voice acting shit. That <laughs> that is also true. However, you don't you don't see me as like a barbarian, uh just some You can sort be a barbarian. <laughs> I quit. This podcast is over. Go find someone else to do it with. <laughs> what would I be then? If you're a bod, what am I? So there's part of me that is tempted to go with the same thing. However, as we all know, one cannot have a D&D campaign with two bards. No, it then it's just a musical. So... At that point, I will give you title of Archpriest. Ah. With like a subclass in some sort of alchemy. Ah. I've given this some thought. This is not just perpetual bullshitting off the top of my head. Actually, that's a lie. All of this is perpetual bullshitting off the top of my head. That is my sole purpose for this podcast. This time you have a reference from your folder of bullshit that you had already created on D&D characters. Not only that... However, I like to make it a point to compile a list of shit of which I can give to friends. Mm. However, I can also spend that for my own personal use of instead of tearing people down in funny and comedic ways, building them up and classifying them in a way for situations like this. Yes. I'm totally not using big words to make myself sound so much smarter than I actually am. Philanthropy. Uh, I should go into politics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> dying. <laughs> yeah, so, what's his face? Forgot his name. Kazuma. Kazuma, thank you. He is real bad at everything except luck. He is a lucky ducky. He also has, like, exceptionally high intelligence. However, his luck is maxed out. Yes. And then Aqua is maxed out in everything except intelligence and luck. And luck. Her luck is literally bottomed out. Yes. Yeah, so, funsies. Which I love, because it 
truly makes them yin and yang. It does, yes. And I think the point they made in episode 11, like, kind of, like, accentuated that even more. (laughs) Although they did not go about that in the proper way at all. No, and uh, episode 11 has probably one of my favorite jokes of the entire season, even though episode 11 technically isn't part of the season. It's an OVA. OVA. I keep hitting my ears on the ceiling. Um, So, (laughs) I... Context, I have a loft bed, my desk is under my loft bed, I also have the Razer Kitty Kraken headphones, my headset hits the bed every now and again. That's- I, I can hear it, I keep hearing clacking every now and then. Yeah, I need to slouch. My chair is just a little bit too tall because I'm currently using a kitchen chair because I haven't yet found an office chair for my desk, so I will be able to adjust height eventually when I have a proper chair and then it'll be fine, but right now I'm dealing without that. So I would honestly recommend, I realize it's an investment, but you should invest in one of those Herman Miller chairs. Because mm-hmm. I realize they're like 1500 bucks, but they are fantastic for people like us that hurt easily, especially in like our backs, considering for how long we sit. Mm-hmm. So they, that is big brain idea for, you know, future investment. Yeah, I definitely want to get a, a really good chair. Back in, um, in Alberta, I had a, one of those mesh back office Mm -hmm. chairs that my mom she took from work Mm -hmm. because they were clearing out a bunch of their offices and they were like hey does anybody want any of these chairs and they're like expensive office chairs they obviously weren't gamer chairs but they're expensive office chairs and those mesh back ones are are super ergonomic and so my mom was like hey can i have like three of those and they're like yeah sure take them we're just gonna throw them in the junkyard if you don't want them so my mom took three of them so my brother had one, and I had one, and my mom had one for our office, and, and we were all solid. But it didn't make the move, because it was big and heavy. Um, no, they were not solid. They were mesh. <sighs> <laughs> Payback. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that one. So, I will I will say, though, my favorite joke did not come out of episode 11, surprisingly. Did I even say it what came my out of episode six. No. Okay, I'll get to it. Continue your point. But yeah, mine came out of episode 10. Oh, okay. Should we try yeah, and guess, was... e- guess each other's favorite jokes? I'm trying to think what episode 10 consisted of. It was whenever they were fighting the Destroyer, and they were trying to figure out what to do with the core. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Explain. <laughs> explain. Uh, I'll, I'll explain whenever we get there. I don't okay. want to sit there and jump through the shenanigans. I... We haven't even introduced our fucking That's true. We don't have Crimson Demon and our Sadist. I'm sorry, the ADHD is just rampant today, okay? Oh, it is. It is 100% rampant, and yet, at the same time, though, I feel like that's great. By the way, yes, my group of streamer friends absolutely loved last week's episode, by the way. Oh, good. I'm glad. Because they... So, my friend bonk that is working on our full like twitch and youtube overhaul yeah. for the eventual gaming streams uh-huh. i sent her a link to the website so she could get you know whatever artwork logo all that fun stuff that she would need to be able to make the panels and such yeah and she saw where in the description i talked about the minecraft trial uh-huh. And so she immediately listened to it and then blasted it onto the Discord server for everyone to see. And everybody was like, oh my god, I love this. And I'm like, yay, but also, 
I'm feeling very anxious about this at the same time. It's like whenever people I know discover my streams or the podcast and I'm like, Uh, and I don't understand why, why I get that way. I absolutely love doing this. I feel absolutely zero anxiety every time we sit down to do these now. Like this is just second nature. Yet the second I find out somebody I know listens to it, I'm like, "Uh, why? No. Yeah, no, I get it. I used to bar my parents from, um, uh, ever seeing any of my stage shows because believe it or not uh, the shocking news for you guys out there if you haven't already heard this um you'll be stunned i was a theater kid what? <laughs> i know right and uh this theater kid was part of several different troops and like i wasn't just a high school theater kid i was part of actual acting troops like yeah stage shows uh-huh. as a kid and um my parents were not allowed to see any of my shows, ever, from the age of four till the age of 17 when I stopped. Like, they, no, they never, I think the only shows that they ever saw were the mandatory ones when I was in primary school, when I was a snowflake, and another time when I was the donkey that took Mary to Bethlehem. <laughs> you, you say a snowflake, and all I imagine... Is Yui playing a tree in a bush? It was like that. No, it was like that. I wore a white t-shirt, white tights, uh, white shoes. I had a a headband on that had pieces of paper snowflakes stuck to it. And my job was to go up the stairs of the stage, twirl across the stage, and exit on the other side. That was my snowflake. Please, please tell me. That mum and dad have a photo of this somewhere. They have photo. There is photo evidence of said child me as Snowflake. I, I need to see these. I will, At some point, I will I, text I need to my mum right now and see if she can. And then we'll put it on the Instagram if my mum sends it to me. Yeehaw! So, whilst Blue is doing that, back back to the show. <laughs> so, our our two best friends... I use best friends very loosely here. Our officially guild members, they have their stats. Kazuma has no skills, whereas Aqua can learn some party tricks, and they have to earn money. So instead of going off and doing adventure things, like, you know, normal people, they become day laborers and go into construction work, where Kazuma gets absolutely wrecked having to dig dirt, and Aqua just literally does, like, lays brick. And that's it. They do that for days and weeks and months until Kazuma sits up one night and shouts that he is, this is not the life that he signed up for. And that's where the first episode ends, because the next episode, they get to go on a kill quest. Yeah, so the adventure again begins part two, basically. Um, so yeah, so it's it's Aqua and Kazuma who... Um, go out to try and kill some giant frogs. Aqua almost gets nommed. She, well, she does get nommed, but she doesn't get actually digested. Um, she just gets slimy. She just and gets sticky. Icked. Yeah, and then uh, so then they decide that they want more members to their party. When they are soon approached by Megumin, who is a like demon person. She is a crimson demon who are some of the greatest or they are the largest mage clan in the nation. Yeah. And they specialize in explosion magic. Yeah. And, but you have to be a very capable 
magician to be able to perform explosion magic because like you you're supposed to start with like fire and then go to like lava you know what i mean it's progressive but she was like nah we're starting at explosion we're sticking with explosion we're going explosion full power and i'm not doing anything else ever so she can perform one super powerful massive explosion a day after she has performed that superpower massive explosion, she is dead. No joke. She falls to the ground and has to be carried away from any and all situations that she is in because it drains her mana to the point to where she has none. In fact, I would honestly say it probably goes into the negative since she can't walk or do anything. Yeah, it has drained afterwards. her mana and is taking her stamina. Like it is it she's gone. She's not good. And so they go back on same kill quest to go kill frogs because they have to kill five in three days to get their rewards. Yes. And they succeed in killing one due to Megamine's explosion abilities, but then she and Aqua both get nommed again. Yes. Yeah. And so Kazuma saves them both. They go back into town and Kazuma very, very reluctantly due to some shenanigans allows Megamine to join their party and Yata, new party member, acquired. Yes, uh, it, it, this is a fantastic example of perversion being expressed openly, uh, is uh, this yes. particular scene in which uh, Kazuma is being looked upon by outsiders as a pervert to two girls covered in slime who are crying whilst he looks very normal. Uh, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah. Then they decide that they want, uh, well, they get approached by another party, possible party member, who is a crusader named Darkness. Darkness is essentially, for those in the D&D world, a paladin with a negative dexterity strat, or stat. Yes. Uh, she will swing until she's blue in the face and hit nothing. But her constitution and HP are extremely high, so she can take a hell of a beating and is a great human meat shield. Which she happens to enjoy in a very specific way. She, she is quite, quite the sadist. Yes. Uh, masochist? Masochist. I, I get them confused. Me too. She is the one that likes it on herself not to inflict. Yes. Whatever that is. Tell us in the comments what that is. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. <laughs> Wikipedia says No 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 no. Tell us in the comments. Okay, fine. Tell us <laughs> in Tell us in the comments about your experience with Satanism and Masculine. <laughs> Just keep it as PG thirteen as this show is. Okay, so As as the show is as, or how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Hey, you know, don't get yourself banned from YouTube and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, d d please, we we like monetization, even though we are not monetized. monetized. Well, you know, we do this for funsies, so have some funsies. This, this just, is totally you know, for giggles. Yeah, just... But terms of service, terms of service, please. Remember your safe words, kids. Okay, not kids, I meant people out there, and I was referring, you know what I mean... I was just referring to the general populace because I see you all who listen as my children, except I don't because, ouch. Uh, I was going to say, is that is that what we're going to call our fans? The kids? The, ki the kids are all right. Are you? I'm not so sure about that. Some of the things that you've been saying, I'm not so sure about that. But, you know, we'll go with it. Um, 
Our entire generation is not all right. And we are from two different generations. Not? I mean, kind of? I am an elder Z. Oh, and I am, like, baby, baby millennial. millennial. Yeah, we, we are just, just the difference. I am the eldest of the Zs. Oh, look at you, you old lady. I know. I know I look at all these children and they're like, those millennials who are out in the working force. And I'm like, uh, yeah, and also me. Uh. <laughs> Peasants. <laughs> Peasants. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, what happens next is Devil King uh, Megamin practices her explosion on a seemingly abandoned castle. Uh, just kidding. Not abandoned. Dalhan. So, Dalhan. yep, castle is being occupied by one of the Devil King's uh, generals. Basically, the, the Devil head, King has eight horsemen. generals. Yeah, basically, the, yes. the headless horseman turned anime. And he is the greatest swordsman out of all of the Devil King's generals. Yes. And they decided to piss him off, of all people. Repeatedly. And he just, comes, yeah. yes, every day for basically an entire year. Like, it shows him and her hopping and skipping along. Cosima and Megamine just skipping along, going to the castle, blowing it up. Cosima says they are at this for so long that he is able to slowly learn and distinguish what her on days are, what her off days are, what makes a good explosion good, what makes a bad explosion bad, and they even turn it into a game of raiding them. Yeah, and that's not the only thing he's doing while he's fetching her back and forth. <coughs> Episode 11. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they they ex- she's uh, trying to increase her manner and and get like a, 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 increase her explosions and shit. And um, then uh, Don comes, if you ask me, very peacefully and nicely to tell them to stop it. <laughs> like, he does. He just wants to be left alone. He moved in there to drive out all of the other enemies, and he just wants to be left the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, he got sent there to... I don't understand what it is about this fucking show, but all... It seems like all the Devil King's generals are for are protecting that fucking barrier. Yeah, they're just... They're, like, yeah, they're not... I don't know. They're they're pretty chill. They are. Like, they're all super chill. Like, even the one we meet in the next season. The dude with the mask. Super fucking chill. Yeah, super chill. Um... So he is grumpy and he goes to like tell them to back off. They just repeatedly stick their own feet in their mouths. Yeah, they double, triple, and quadruple down. Yeah. And um uh because of that, he then puts a curse on darkness, um, basically saying that you guys have to come to his castle within a week in order to save her life so that they can they can deal with the shit. Because originally he was just gonna be like, hey, stop it, leave me alone. And then they were like, eh, no, we're not going to, we're, well, screw you. And he was like, well, you're weak. I don't want to fight people that are weak that can't handle it. And then they were just were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna poke an alligator with a stick because that seems like a good idea. And, uh, and yeah, so then, um, when he leaves, Aqua's just like, oh, it's okay, purify you, it's fine. And eliminates the curse from darkness, and they go about their very way, a merry way, and, uh, and, um... That's the end of that episode, and then the start of the next episode, cabbage! Cabbage, cabbages, <laughs> cabbages, uh, barely even human. Okay, um, <laughs> that's, that's a, you know, okay, so you know how problematic Pocahontas is? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Well, there's the song in it, Savages, Savages, Barely Even Human, where it's like the two sides calling uh-huh. each other savages. Yes. Yeah. My childish brain watched that movie and went, oh, that sounds like cabbages and or radishes. And now, whenever I have radishes and or cabbages, my brain fills in the blank. It. You are officially entitled to be a Dragon Ball villain now. Yes, so... Cabbages, cabbages. Although there is already one. <laughs> they are better. There is already a raditz, which is a play on radishes. So you may be some version of cabbage Oddishes. in the Dragon Ball verse. You're welcome. Oddish- That's a Pokemon. It is a Pokemon. And it is based off of a radish. I like radishes. I'm not a big fan. No. We grew our own this year in the garden, back home. Oh, fancy. They grow really, really quickly. So you can get like two or three of them in a season. Yeah. Yeah, super quick. Uh, they were spicy, the ones that we grew. Ooh, well, that's good. Mm. Spice is always good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it when I pulled one out of the ground and took a chunk of a bite and then was like, huh, those are stronger than the store-bought ones, which I should have known because <laughs> that's the way it always works when you have grow stuff. But, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, cabbage fight. <laughs> Having a day. Uh, I'm, and now I've got Winnie the Pooh going through my head going, I'm having a day, I'm having a day. <laughs> ADHD is on full rampage I, today. Uh, I, yeah, it is. It fully is. Full. Right. But hey, this this whole show is basically an ADHD rampage anyway, so it's fine. I'm all full up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cosmo's now a millionaire Thanks. due to the cabbages running around, and Aqua's broke as shit because she only managed to kill lettuce. Oh, yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. And she has racked up one hell of a tab at the um, guild. And she has to beg Cosima and then blackmail him to get him to agree to pay off her tab. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Consistently throughout this show, they gain money and it is immediately nullified. Mainly due to Aqua. Yeah. Primarily, pretty much, I'm fairly certain I could say just because of Aqua. I was going to say, except for the very end of season one, which is totally 100% Cosima's fault, everything else, all their debt, their millions upon millions upon millions of heiress and debt is because of Aqua. Yes. Yeah, because she just decides to, you know, flood the entire village. Stuff like that. Flood the entire village, rack up huge bar tabs. Aqua is definitely an alcoholic. Yeah, she cannot hold her drink either, as the rainbows will tell you. Uh, Yes. Although, those rainbows are super fancy in this show. They, they are the fanciest of vomit rainbows. Chunky. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Hot Fuzz? Chunky uh-huh. monkey for the next month! Yep. <laughs> I think it has gummy bears in it. Are we talking about, like, Haribo sugar-free gummy bears? Or... Haribo. Har- I love Haribo. But the sugar-free ones, though. I don't think I've ever had sugar-free Haribo. Have you looked up the Amazon reviews? Are they the ones that explode your asshole? Yes. Right. Then yes, I have heard of the sugar-free Haribo. I feel like we talked about those on stream at some point. You know- Like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. I feel like we have. Also, Malums. No clue what the fuck you're talking it about. It is a- uh, you're- a taffy? A ta- I think that- it's a taffy. It is some- st- description of scandinavian Mm -hmm. and 
they are the most delicious things that I grew up eating all the time that I mm -hmm. miss. And it's making my mouth water just thinking about them, actually. They are delicious. If you can get your hands on a packet of Malum, do so. Fab. Absolutely brilliant. Also, refreshers. Taffy with sherbet in it. Very good. Do love. Huh. See if they're on Amazon. Yeah, recommend. I have a bone to pick with you over Smarties, though. Okay. Smarties are called Rockets, and Smarties are M&Ms. But you see, that's dumb. But you see, we invented... Well, not M&Ms, but... Um, yeah. Smarties, you... What you call Smarties, the rest of the world calls Rockets, including Canada. Okay. Yeah. And then there is another brand of M&M type things that have, if you ask me, better quality chocolate in the middle, um, that are slight- But that's not what M&Ms were designed for, though. They were designed to not melt in your pocket so that when you were at war, you could still pop a quick snack. Exactly. It doesn't matter whether they have good quality chocolate inside, they were made to be affordable so that soldiers could get their hands on them and it wouldn't cost an arm and a yeah, leg. Yeah, Smarties followed the same purpose and have better quality chocolate and are just as expensive. Thus, Smarties win. No, Smarties are powdered coke that are compressed into little tablets. Those are rockets. That are fantastic. Those are rockets. No, rockets are what you get in to go to space. That's a spaceship. That's a rocket. No, a rocket. No, that's a missile. What is rockets and missiles? They're kind of that's kind of a synonym in a way because you you fire well, a so rocket. Are spaceships and a rocket. So are Smarties and freaking rockets. Rocket is also a herb. But a rocket is also used for things like RPGs that are rocket-propelled grenades. Mm. So they're fired from a launcher, which is, I think, is essentially what classifies them as a rocket. I'm not sure. Rocket is also used as a task for people to do when they have a chair with a rounded bottom. The fuck? They rock it. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> You've made me quit twice this episode. I think that's a new record. <laughs> Actually, I think there's an episode where I quit like three or four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, cool. There we go. Moving on. Uh, now for something completely different. A man with three buttocks. <laughs> now all I can think of is the fucking ass deaf movies. I like Jasmine. <laughs> Desmond the moon bear how did I get here the end <laughs> oh my god anyway Dulahan comes back and it's like why the fuck have you not avenged your friend and she's like uh, just kidding wasn't dead yeah definitely not dead no. our archpriest healed her yes oh yeah by the way you fucked up cause you're undead so we're gonna for one we're gonna have Aqua fuck you up with her turn undead spells but also <laughs> How? How does she use turn undead on him? Watch him rolling on the ground, screaming and writhing in pain and go, nope, that didn't do anything. <laughs> and then they just play football with his head, because funsies. Yep, and then Aqua decides to finish him off with a tidal wave that also destroys the entire fucking city. Yeah, so any money that they made for defeating him um, then immediately goes to putting towards the flood damage. And not only that, but the flood damage was also more than the cost, or more than the reward. Plus, I want to know how much the actual damage was, because they said they weren't going to make them foot all of the bill, 
just some of the bill. Uh-huh. Was like the total of the bill like three hundred and fifty million, and they were only ordered to pay three hundred and forty. Yeah, or was it like, like how much? Six hundred. How much did it fucking cost? Yeah, I'm very curious as well. Um, so then they have a debt, so they go to Canada. Yes, like they are literally transported to Canada in this magical world, yeah. and Kazuma gets his head cut off by a snow samurai mm-hmm. because he killed. Too many floating snowballs. Yes. The fuck is this show? I don't don't know. But it's funsies. Uh, Oh, it's a great time. Yes. But still. And so then this is where we get to see the trope of where main character dies and is resurrected again, despite the fact that he was already resurrected once. Uh, Not only that, but so he gets sat back in the same room that he was in in the first episode. But instead, Aqua's junior... Kohai, whatever you want to call it, the goddess named Eris, Eris. she was going to reincarnate him back into Japan, into a wealthy family with, as Kazuma put, extremely high luck, charisma, good looks, and a hot female best friend (laughs) as his childhood friend. Yes. So he, due to his hard work, was going to be rewarded and reincarnated. Aqua decides to fuck it all up by resurrecting him. Yeah. And she forces him to come back. Yes. And it's very amusing because he has had his his reincarnation in that world. He's not supposed to have another one. Aqua nope. seriously insults her Kohai several times and then just pulls him back anyways for shits and giggles. It's... Yeah, most most notably insulting her by saying she stuffs her bra. <laughs> and that's all Kazuma can then think of throughout the rest of the correspondence between them is just him <laughs> questioning whether or not they're pads. And then he's just, I don't care if they're pads, it's fine. Yeah, he's like, I love this woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Regardless of whether it's padded or not. And, and uh, he then dubs her to be the official heroine of the story, despite the fact that this is only the second time we have seen her very briefly, both occasions. Yep, she has, in a entire season, she has a total screen time of like seven minutes. Max, uh, yeah. Um, and she just so happens to also be the goddess that the priest originally who gave Aqua the money in the first episode worships. The Not only that, the goddess that everybody in the entire show, except for the Hot Springs town in the second season, worships. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but we'll get there. We'll get there, yes. We'll get there. So, uh, yeah, they bring it back to life. Kazuma and Aqua then visit, uh, visit, visit, they visit a magic shop. And we are introduced to a new character, Wiz, who we just skip over her entire story. It's and we're just it's one of those moments where you're watching it and you're like, wait, did I miss an episode? Until they're like, oh no, we're gonna catch you up real quick. This is the fourth watch through I've had of this show. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I was working on my Minecraft build while I was watching this through this time. Because again, I was watching it dub, so I don't have to pay attention to remember literally everything that happens, considering how many times I've seen yeah. this. Anyway, and I still thought, the fuck? Did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah, it's very much of a, this is a character you should already know. Conversation happens. Then five minutes into the conversation, oh, just kidding, you don't know this character. Let's catch you up real quick. And so for those five minutes, you're sitting there and you're going, what's happening? What's happening? Did I miss something? And you're like scrolling down on Crunchyroll and checking that you didn't miss an episode, realizing that you didn't miss an episode, and then just being confused until you finish it and it catches you up. It's one of those moments... It's also one of those things that I kind of love about this because it that's mm-hmm. a huge like nod to the amount of times that that has happened in other anime where it's not a joke. Yep. 
And this time it's very clearly a joke. Like, Cosmo's talking about Liz. Like, gives a very brief description. And he's like, here, let me explain. And then it goes to the flashback. Yes, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. It was, it's a very, very clever nod to characters that are just plopped on you whenever you're watching mm-hmm. something that's like, oh, here's a new character because we need a new character. So have one. And and there's no, like, they didn't blend them in well at all. And it's it's very good. They did a very yeah, good job with that. The, the show is very smart in its own way. Yeah, it is. It is. And so, yeah, she is a lich. So Aqua loves to purify her. Aqua loves to purify everything. Yeah. And um, there's another good joke there of being like, which one's the goddess? Because Aqua is just sadistically torturing her via turning her translucent uh, by purifying yeah. her. And, and Wiz is, is very sweet. Very, very sweet. But <laughs> just boobs. <laughs> Not only that, but lap pillow. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how his... I love how his lap pillow levels up. It goes from amateur on day one to pro on day two. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Did I ever send you that meme? Uh, I think so. Uh, now I gotta go dig for yeah, it. I think I got it in here somewhere. Where the where the fuck is it? Yes. So Wiz teaches Kazuma. Oh, we also forgot about his thief skill that we need to talk about. Oh yeah, the steel skill. Yeah, so Kazuma has a steel skill that he was taught from a thief in one of the early episodes, I think episode like one or two, and two, episode two. And he has incredibly high luck. So his thief skill combined with his insane luck means that he can pretty much steal anything he wishes. For instance, girls' underwear. And apparently, this is an even bigger running joke in the manga than it is the show. Apparently, the show is very tame compared to what the manga is whenever it comes to Kazuma's pervertedness. Honestly, that doesn't surprise me because I feel like mangas are usually a step up of the extremes to the anime. Animes tend to be a lot tamer than than what the mangas are across the board. Yeah, that's true. But apparently, it's like a massive difference. I, I am very intrigued to read the manga for this. I honestly think it would be a very good laugh. I just, you have to be, um, you have to have the right kind of humor for it, and you obviously have to be of the right kind of age range for it. Because, um, yeah, I feel like this is the kind of show that you'll either love or you'll hate. I happen to love it. I think it's stupid, and there are some really clever jokes throughout, and some really, like, ridiculous nods to, to other isekai, and I happen to have watched a fair amount of isekai. Uh, yeah, le- uh, just trying to think off of the top of my head, I have watched Grimgar Bash and Fantasy, Log Horizon, uh, Wise Man's Grandchild, this, ReZero, uh, and others. Shield Hero. Shield Hero. I have more scheduled on the list for us to cover in the coming weeks. Yeah, and I know that I've also just personally watched, like, I had also, I'd watched this, I'd watched Wise Man's Grandchild and Shield Hero on my own time before we then covered mm-hmm. them for the podcast. Sword Art technically counts as an isekai. Sword Art Online, I have I have also watched the first season of. There's a couple more that I've watched as well that aren't coming to mind right now. Oh, I've watched. I, is that is it technically is is Goblin Slayer a isekai or is it just a fantasy? I don't remember there being. I a, think it's I think it's an isekai. Okay, if it is, I think from what I've heard, if it is, then I have watched that as well. And you have received that meme, by the way. I will check the meme, but yeah, I've watched a fair amount of my own time, so I do get a lot of these jokes. Beginner pro, rest of us. 
And uh, and yeah, so I, I've watched quite a few isekai in my own time, and I feel like the more isekai you watch, the more hidden jokes you will find throughout this genre. So um, mm-hmm. if you happen to enjoy watching and or reading isekai, definitely, I mean, we haven't, the thing about this show is that you can listen to this, and yes, yeah, some things are going to be spoiled for you, but because there's no seriousness to the plotline, and we're not going through all of the jokes. There's no possible way that we could go through all of the jokes. You're still going to find this incredibly fresh and incredibly funny. Because, like, yeah, the plot doesn't matter. No, no, the plot definitely does not matter in the show. The plot, however, does matter. It's very integral to the show. Uh, yes, especially episode 11. Yes. We'll get there. Yes. <laughs> okay, so he learns the new skill drain touch which is basically a well you see it a lot in different video games and stuff where you touch someone and you drain their mana health stamina that kind of stuff and then you can either retain it for yourself or spread it to your party members very simple yes skill and then the party take on a quest to exercise evil spirits from a giant mansion it is winter and they're all freezing their asses off so they are jumping right on this uh, yes, because Aqua and Kazuma share a stall in a stable. Yes. That is where they sleep. So they are like, hell yeah, if we can exercise all the demons in this place and get a house, fuck yeah. yeah. Can't say I blame them. Also, this episode is hilarious. It is. And dolls are fucking creepy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Also, I love how Aqua goes on a exercising spree because she thinks that the spirits drink her liquor whenever I think Kazuma tells her in season two that he's actually the one that drank the liquor. Yeah. Um, it's just just shenanigans. Just shenanigans. Yep. And now they all live together in a giant mansion, which means more shenanigans. Oh, yeah. More shenanigans are due to come, especially in the next episode where Succubus are introduced. Yes. So Kazuma's walking through town when he bumps into two fellow guild members who happen to be male who tell him about a special club kind of thing that all of the gents in the area are uh, being admitted to. And it is a club where we are introduced to Succubus that will, for just a tiny, tiny portion of their life energy for the day, for just a tiny, tiny chunk, they will be given a dream of their choice to where they are given a sheet of paper and they can specify how they want to look, what they want to be, their occupation, the whole nine yards, the setting. They can describe their partner down to a T. And the inside jokes on this are rampant. And honestly, I mean, I'm not mad at it. It sounds like a pretty good business proposal, if you ask me. Like, it's a good deal. Right? I mean, it doesn't cost any money. It literally just costs a little bit of your life juice for the day. Yeah. And you can have any sort of dream yeah. that you want. Succubi get a meal. They get to have a, a nice life. They do their yeah. job. They they get they get their food and their energy that they need. And uh, happy customers all around. It's it's a good deal. Yeah. And and because of this, Kazuma obviously jumps on this very quickly. Later that night, uh, he is doing everything he possibly can to get himself to sleep. When Darkness and him end up in the bathroom at the same time. The bath, like, yep, the bath. So, so Kazuma ends up taking a bath and, like, ends up falling asleep in the bath. And all he was told was that whenever he goes to sleep that night, that's whenever he'll have his dream. So Kazuma believes in his mind that since he fell asleep in the bath and wakes up and Darkness comes in, 
that darkness is who he described for his dream to be about. Yes. And therefore, shenanigans ensue. And because darkness gets a kick out of being ordered around, and Cosmo is very confident in this dream. Dream is in serious air quotes here. Yes, he believes he's in a dream, and he takes on a very strong personality trait in said dream. How is this a PG-13? I I don't know. I So I'm sitting here thinking about this scene, Yeah. and then my brain goes to episode 11, and I, I want to know how episode 11 is PG-13. It's all PG-13. This consistently is PG- this is not- PG, they just, you know how- Well, here's the thing. Compared to episode 11, this is PG-13. Yeah, true. It's just one of those things where it's like, um, strategically placed cloud fogs and leaf branches and- And anime bangs, like the long front bangs. Yeah, that is, that's it, you know, and it feels- Uh, yeah, I don't get the PG-13 rating at all. It's, yeah, sure, cool. So- yeah, so Kazuma orders Darkness to wash his back. Yeah. And then dry off his back. And that's whenever they hear Aqua shouting that there's an intruder in the house. And Kazuma's first thought was, when the fuck did I order an intrusion in the dream? <laughs> um, and then obviously they all run out to go figure out what it is. And it is the um, succubus who has been captured by Aqua, who is going to purify her. But um, Kazuma then stands in front of her to protect her and tells her to run away. And then Darkness runs out and says uh, th- and says that he has been taken over by the succubus because he was acting strange since earlier. And <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> and then Kazuma, in an effort to protect the succubus and protect both of their pride. <laughs> Dude, what was gonna happen? He gets the absolute shit beat out of him. However, the animation on this—they kind of went ham. Like you would have thought that this was gonna turn into like a shonen fist fight. Yes. Like they went ham. He leaps into the air like he's gonna do something, and then gets the absolute shit beat out of him. Yes, hundred percent. But the succubus gets away. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's the plot point for this episode. And so then we are on to the final episode of season one before we get to the OVA, which is the the party getting recruited, excuse me, the party getting recruited along with Wiz um, to attack the Destroyer. Meanwhile, um, Darkness, yeah, so Darkness then also reveals that her her real name is Dustiness Ford La Latina, I think that is. Yeah, so La Latina Dustiness Ford. Yeah. And this will become a running joke throughout the rest of the series that any time Cosimo wants to embarrass Darkness, he will literally, just in the most condescending manner, go, La Latina. La Latina. Um, and, and she is actually pretty well bred. And it, 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 that is also a thing that is reoccurring. Yes. And the mobile fortress destroyer is literally a giant mech spider. With a extremely strong magical barrier that does not stop, doesn't, like, runs off of basically a nuclear core. Mm-hmm. And nobody can stop it. So literally everything that gets in front of it gets smooshed. Yes. Think, which think the, the Incredibles meme, giant yeah. spider thing. Mm-hmm. And the meme I sent you that I made up out of my own brain yes. 
was about as fitting as could possibly be. Yes. So they, the town is basically an Attack on Titan, like, walled off build with, like, full cemented, like, castle walls on the outside. And to protect this giant castled off city, they built the shittiest wooden barricade around the front gate of the town. Imagine a farm in the middle of the country that you're driving by that has one of those buns where you look at it and you think if that gets any kind of snow on the roof, the bun roof's going to collapse. Or like an old rickety wooden fence. Yes. The fence that is surrounding said barn is what is protecting the town. As soon as I saw that, I was like, the fuck is this? The fuck is this? Why? Like, if they're trying to go for any more of this is a parody, this is 100% Yeah, it. it looks like somebody ripped up the floorboards and had five nails and were like, this'll do. Not only that, but they were running around with concreting supplies. Yes. We're like, oh, we gotta get ready. Where the fuck was this concrete? There was a team of brick builders in episode one and two. Where did they go? They were here. The brickless. Like, they were there. Yeah, the br- I guess they built the... The shitty wooden... Fa- wooden That's what happened. Yeah, like the shitty... That's fence. what happened, is they were like, hey, we'll get all of our bricklayers out to do some carpentry. And they were like, we'll do our best, but we lay bricks. Uh, yeah. But again, they were running around with concrete supplies. Yeah. It's because they cemented... Where was the concrete? They fence? cemented the wood into the ground. <laughs> they have really strong underneath the ground. What they really ended up doing was they cemented their legacy of being dumbasses. Yes, that is very true. Uh, In the B&B Anime Hall of Fame of dumbassery, these guys are first ballot Hall of Famers. Yes. And so, long story short, the combined efforts of Aqua going Super Saiyan Mm -hmm. with her priestly abilities being able to destroy the magical barrier, Wiz and Megamine doing a combined explosion spell which was badass i'm not gonna lie they somehow manage in the span of five minutes to do what the nation's greatest wizards could not do for the sake of plot they have taken down the mobile fortress until they caused a video game red flag by aqua being like all right we're done let's go back to the tavern so a self-destruct sequence of a nuclear proportion is caused and they have to sort it out Mm -hmm. and this is where the biggest laugh i got out of the whole show came from (laughs) because it was again i don't know how this translated in the sub because i haven't seen the sub in years but whenever weiss was like okay i need to use drain touch on you (laughs) to (laughs) to be able to get the stuff to do it just the way it was phrased in the dub i could not stop laughing so she was like, all right, I need to, or she's like, can I suck it from you <laughs> so I can do it? And just without hesitation, not even a beat difference in between the end of the statement, cause was just like, absolutely. It's the same way in the sub. <laughs> I lost it. I could not breathe. Yeah, I had forgotten about that until you mentioned it, and that's giving yeah. me a chuckle. It's just like, absolutely. Like, you can 100% yeah. suck it. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah, um. That was a very good laugh. That did make me laugh out loud. This show has several moments that that makes you laugh out loud. It's very, very funny. Do enjoy. And so she uses the teleport spell and it is immediately like teleported away. They're like, okay, the day is saved, except it's not. The hole is still going to explode. 
Not in the epic proportion that it was going to. However, it could send a hailstorm of debris that could damage the city. So Kazuma uses Drain Touch from Aqua to Megamine. They cast Explosion on it again. They blow it up. They go on about their business. Life is good until they hear that Royal Guards are at the guild. So they go to see because they think they're getting rewarded. Come to find out, Kazuma's being arrested for treason because he had Whis teleport the core from inside the destroyer to a very high noble's house. Mm -hmm. And it destroyed the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. And that is where the season officially ends with you finding out that Kazuma is going to be tried for treason. Yes. Then the OVA episode. So, uh, yeah. OVA. OVA is what gave me the biggest chuckle. <laughs> my biggest laugh was in this one. For a very similar joke to what you had in episode 10. They were all at, at Wiz's shop, shop when um, Kazuma ends up putting on a, a, a choker. He was just looking around and it's a choker that is supposed to grant your wish. Um, and if you do not grant your wish within uh, like four days, it gradually shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until it eventually like chokes you out. Um, so it's a motivational tool for like women to lose weight and stuff. But when he puts it on, he doesn't state a wish. He's just talking and then just casually tries it on. And then obviously it's revealed what the true purpose of the choker is. And so he's stuck with this choker around his neck. So they all head back to the mansion and they're fulfilling every possible wish that he could have so that he doesn't die and hopefully this choker will pop off. And he is... He is using everything in his arsenal here. He has he has a lap pillow. He has Aqua just running errands. He has uh, a, a La Latina um, just working out consistently <laughs> throughout it. Um, and uh, Megamine has a rival in this episode as well. We're introduced to a new character. And it... Here, here's what doesn't make sense about this OVA episode, yeah. though. In season two, Yoon is properly introduced again like she's introduced in the same manner of like oh hey this is my rival who are you and then i have to go through the process of explaining who she is yeah. why if the ova came out before the second season explain to me why i don't know i don't know they had to do that that makes no sense i yeah i guess i don't know i'm not sure but um but yeah so four days of shenanigans go by and so many jokes. When it is kind of assumed that um, he is going to die. Like, he is he's going to die. So he faces all of the girls. And he says to them, uh, thank you for all the things you've done. And they're really being really sweet to him. And he's, like, actually being nice to them as well. Because he's sad that he's going to die and everything. Um, and they all go around and give him a hug. And then afterwards, um, it's, like, about to shrink on him. And, and so he's like, I have a final confession that I wish to make. And so he goes through and and he's like, uh, darkness, all I see is your boobs. Wiz, all I see is your boobs. Uh, like, basically doing all this. And then he turns to Aqua and he says, Aqua, when we were in the barn together, I tried so hard to see you as a love interest, but it just couldn't happen. And Aqua says, try harder, try again. <laughs> <laughs> she runs up to she's hated him this whole time. She's been ragging on him since the beginning. She goes up to Try again <laughs> Not because she likes him, just because she doesn't want to be discarded after he's gone through and like 
<laughs> talked about how, how with Megan Winnie every time he was walking back with her on a, on his back of the explosions when he was carrying her to to and from the the castle, he was shifting her around so much that he could feel her boobs pressing against his back. Like he's being so perverted with all of his confessions and he gets to her and he's like, I'm sorry I couldn't do it with you. It just didn't happen. You're too gross. <laughs> She just didn't want to be left out. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so dumb. It's such a dumb it joke. It is so dumb. But I get it, you know. <laughs> it's... It, it was great. I loved it so much. And then he says that, like, as all of that's finished, the collar <laughs> falls off. Whenever they were comforting him, like, after he thanked them for everything before he started his confession, you could audibly hear... The collar break, yes. but it didn't fall. No. So here's here's the thing, and I get it's an anime, so I get it's all jokes. But we audibly heard it. This thing was slowly strangling him to death. Yeah, he should have felt it slack. Yeah, before he started his confession. Yeah, but no, he gets through his whole confession. The collar falls off. Everybody looks at him in disgust. So Aqua's just like, okay, here, why don't you put this on? And then we try to figure out your wish for real this time. And then it cuts to him sitting in front of Eris again. And she's just like... She's like, can I can I give you some advice? Oh my god. Yeah, try not to die as stupidly next time. Oh, fantastic. I give the show probably like a solid eight, eight and a half. Oh. Like, I can agree with everybody else's ratings. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think eight, eight and a half is is super solid. I think, I think it's a very, very, very good show. I think it's got some very good jokes. To me, it's very much a show for adults. Some of the jokes in here could be considered quite controversial. There are some where you could argue that it is sexual assault very very easily with a lot of these jokes i think you have to be an adult to be able to process it properly i don't understand the pg-13 rating don't take it seriously yeah do not do not take it seriously it's very easy to where if you are very if you take it seriously and you're easily offended or don't understand anime tropes you could get very pissed off with a lot of this stuff but it's all jokes it's all comedy. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is you have to go into this with the mindset that all of the characters in this are, like, like having a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. If you go in, like, the, the way that they do it makes you feel very comfortable with everything that's happening, which I think is very important with a show like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, you have to just go into it thinking that that it's just a fun time between adults. And I think if you age them all that way in your brain it doesn't actually say i don't think how old any of the characters are no but you do know that um uh kazuma is in high school but if you just say that he is last year of high school he's 18 years old then it's kind of chill you know Mm -hmm. um because that's up to you then to age them the way that you want to well, uh, I don't even think it explicitly says that he's in high school. There is a oh, girl that he said was from his high his school. High so school. he could have been graduated already. But he is technically of legal drinking age, which I think in Japan is, is 20. 20. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's very much an adult. So all the characters then, in this like, are very much an adult. Megamine, they say she's the child, but that's just because she's not able to drink. So she could be anywhere between 18 and 20. Yeah. And the way that they interact with each other makes me feel like, especially considering their maturity levels and stuff like that, it is very much of a 18 to 20 plus thing, which is why another reason why I don't get why it's rated a PG-13 if the characters are in it are of drinking age, then I, I feel like it it, the target demographic is also drinking age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, don't take it seriously. Go into it having a good time. I think this is a great one to watch with friends. I think if you are trying to get friends into anime and they're older, this is a fantastic show to get them into because it's funny. Like you said, the dub's really good. So if they're not a subtitle kind of person, um, then then that's a really good introductory show. It's easy comedy. It's it's very consumable. It's very bingeable. Um, but also, you're not you don't have to binge it. It's not one where you're going to sit down and you're going to be like, give me all of the episodes all at once necessarily. So if you have a friend over and you want to watch two or three episodes together and then wait a while and watch two or three episodes again, very chill, easy to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eight. For me, I think. I think I'm going to settle on an eight. Yeah, eight, eight and a half. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Okay. Like, my brain is literally a teeter-totter on this. But for the sake of continuity from last week, I, will, I too, will go with an eight. Eight, it is. Eights Just, across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let us know what you rate Konosuba Season 1. Yeah, if you have seen it, let us know what you think. Give mm-hmm. us all the deets. Also, whatever we told you to comment about earlier in the episode, do that as well, because I don't remember what I don't remember. it was. Do you know what a flake and or an arrow is? Because if you do, try and help me explain it in a way to people who have never heard of aerated chocolate. A flake is what Blue was in that one play that I still want to see photos of. I did text my mom. She responded back that she is looking, but it will take a while to find because these are photos that you just chuck in a shoebox. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what kind of photo you're talking about. Like an old Polaroid that's stashed in a shoebox. Yes, these were Amongst the... other Polaroids. Yeah, these are the photos that got sent away to be processed and then came back mm-hmm. with film tape. You know, like, so... Yeah. Yeah. We may see you, uh, maybe when this episode's out, she will have found it. I doubt she's going to go through, like, 17 boxes of photos tonight. We will see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she said she'll she'll find it and she'll send it to me. And when she does, we will post it on the Instagram. Brad, you need to find a picture of you in your childhood. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. We'll I think get... there's a picture of me in a Halloween outfit in a five-gallon bucket with soap. Oh, cute. Yeah, okay. So Baby Blue and Brad will be on the Instagram, so check that out. Coming soon. Throwback Thursday. (laughs) Right, yeah. What do we got next week, Brad? Next week, we have the other Chihayafaru to our friend group. So Blue and I initially bonded over two shows. You have Chihayafaru, and then you have Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Yes. Which I... Which is what we're going to be covering next week. I am so excited to get back into this world because season three came out towards the end of last year and mm-hmm. I never got around to watching it. So I'm hoping this is going to spark my interest and in going back and getting caught up yeah. on the show because it's fantastic. It's, is it an isekai? I think so. It's also a harem. So that's fun. Yeah. I love a good harem anime. Right. Harem animes are great. Yes. 
So you can look forward to that next week. If you like Blue, you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. She's also on TikTok at Blue Lavender, right? I think it's just Blue Lavender, yeah. Blue Lavender with an A, not Lavender. It's not Lavender. Lavender, yeah. Maybe Osa. Maybe Yes. Um, and if you like Brad, you can also find him on Twitch and Instagram and on TikTok, although he doesn't post. Nope, I do not post. Nope. I, I keep meaning to post, but I never get around to it because anxiety. Yeah, well, maybe you'll see some of his Twitch highlights and stuff like that on, on TikTok at some point. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can find him there on Brad Carter Gra- Gra- Graming. I am a graham cracker. Y'all talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brad Carter Gaming across the board. We also have a TikTok and Instagram. T- we do have a TikTok, but we haven't done anything with it. Uh, I meant a Twitter and Instagram wi- for the um, anime. For the... Oh, what? oh my god. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, late. We got, it's tired. We got, we got frazzled with the shenanigans. To those that don't know, this is our second take of like trying to do the outro for the episode because blue shit crashed yeah just all of a sudden i was i was just on my anime list looking at the ratings and stuff making sure i had everything right and then all of a sudden i just hear and i'm like what and i scroll over and it's like you are not connected to squadcast anymore so i send brad a message on discord and i'm like hello are we good like what's going on hell like the hell did my internet go out what happened yeah no clue um, so I, I, I rejoined and we're, we're doing this again, but yes, um, you can find us at BNB anime on all of the socials. Go check that out. We're also on YouTube where we have all of our episodes already listed and previously archived and some more fun stuff coming on that too. So be sure to drop us a sub if you're on there and hit us up in those comments to let us know your thoughts and opinions. You can also drop your opinions on the DMs if you're in whatever, like whatever one's easiest for you for social media platforms. And we have a comment section on our website, which is www.bnbanime.com where we also have links to your favorite listening platform, download stuff. We have stupid descriptions, behind the scenes, links to our art, our IMDB, all that kind of stuff, friends of the show, all on the website. Check that out if you want to. I also have not yet brought it up to our website guy, but I will do, he probably actually listened to last week's episode anyway, um, about, he did listen to last week's episode, about the uh, website update where we will get our full list of our ratings and the drop rates of everything being put on the website eventually. So look forward to that in the future. That everything? That's everything. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week is a wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.